I'm Aaron Lammer. Today on The Books That Changed Us, Saeed Jones, the author of How We Fight for Our Lives. He's also the author of the poetry collection Prelude to Bruise. So um, maybe we could start off, you could just say uh, who you are and what you do. Sure. I'm Saeed Jones. I'm a writer and poet. I publish a poetry collection called Prelude to Bruise. And last year, I published a memoir titled How We Fight for Our Lives. Saeed, tell me about a book you read as a young person. And I'll leave the definition of uh, how far a young person goes to you um, that influenced your decision to become a writer. Sure. I mean, you know, of course, it's it is hard to choose because I think, you know, the boundaries between uh, the way different books influence us are blurry. But one of them certainly in high school for me was Sula by Toni Morrison. It made me want to become a writer because I felt like Morrison's writing in that book lit up experiences in my own life. Like I I felt like I was like, oh, I'm seeing women, Black women in particular, who remind me of the women in my family, which was important. And at the time, it felt like it was not easy to find a book of literary quality, you know, of literary merit uh, that had women like my mother or my grandmother or my aunts in it. Set the scene a little bit for me of the high school classroom in which you're reading Sula. Uh, Where are we? Who are you in that classroom? Yeah, I mean, actually, that's it's funny that you mentioned the classroom because it wasn't in the classroom. I think it's Ah. true for a lot of you know, students of color, queer kids. Uh, You know, I grew up in the suburbs of North Texas, just north of Dallas. I actually made it all the way through high school, like in my, you know, AP English classes and all of that, without getting in class to discuss a single book by a Black writer in class. Um, So I think part of the reason, you know, this memory is really potent for me was because I realized that that was fucked up. (laughs) And I was angry about it. But um, Toni Morrison's Sula was on, like, our summer reading list, I think when I was in the 10th grade. And, you know, I was aware of her name. I grew up in a house with a lot of books. Um, My mom had several Morrison, you know, novels. So I, I knew that she was a writer of some stature. But in a weird way, that frustration of, like, I wish I could discuss this really complicated, challenging book, <laughs> you know, in class with a teacher kind of lit up my vibrant response to the book when, you know, reading it alone, you know, in my bedroom during summer break, I realized, you know, what a beautiful, magical book it was. So it's almost like the isolation of the experience and, and the circumstances made the book even more vivid for me. Did you know anyone who else who had read it? Like, were you able to share that experience at all? Or were you on your own island? 
Um, no, I didn't know anyone else. I mean, my mom owned several Morrison um, books. Um, so I had, you know, an awareness that, like, I guess she had read them. But we didn't talk about it. Like, my mom and I, we were always reading. But a weird thing about us is that we didn't actually talk about what we were reading, which was strange. Um, I think maybe it was just, you know, I was a teenager and I wanted to kind of keep it to myself. It was like a private joy, maybe. Um, but, yeah, other than that, you know, it was just Oprah. Because <laughs> this was, you know, it was probably 2001, 2002. So this is when Oprah had Toni Morrison on her show a lot. <laughs> and the Oprah Winfrey show was a big deal in our household. So, yeah, that was kind of all I had to go on. <laughs> At what point in your life did you start to think of writing as something that you could do and something that was like a potential life direction for you? I would say this was the time, yeah, I guess I'm reading Morrison, that I started keeping a notebook of my own and writing, you know, what eventually kind of became poems. Um, and that was another quality in the book that I, I was drawn to. I was like, okay, this is a novel, but like her sentences are like poems. I didn't know you could do that, you know? So that was something else. Um, I would say I was probably, you know almost a college senior before I had an understanding that there was a viable career path for me in writing. I think, you know, for a long time, I just thought, you know, I love poetry. I love being able to create poems or plays or whatever, but I didn't know that it could open doors of opportunity for me until literally, I think, you know, my senior year, a college professor, you know, started talking to me about graduate school. I'm interested in a book that you were thinking a lot about while you wrote one of your books. Um, what was the book that kind of, you know, either as an inspiration, a model, or just something you couldn't get out of your head as you took on a project like this for yourself? Yeah, I mean... One that I've been thinking about a lot lately, I mean, it's, you know, it's June as you and I are talking, and so it's, you know, Pride Month, and I've been thinking about that heritage, is uh, Ties That Bind, Familial Homophobia and Its Consequences. It's it's a kind of like a, a book-length essay, essentially, by um, Sarah Schulman, and I read it, I think it came out right as I was starting to try to figure out how I was going to write a coming-of-age memoir. And so I, I read it. It was very impactful because the book has a fairly simple thesis, which is that, you know, the homophobia in our families manifests in a lot of ways that often aren't discussed. You know, often, of course, we talk about people being, you know, unfortunately kicked out of their houses, harassed, abused, you know, everything like that. But there are also all of these more subtle forms of homophobia where, you know, maybe, for example, as she mentions in the book, you know, you're out to your family members, but it would never occur to you to invite, you know, your boyfriend to a family gathering. You don't even bring it up because implicitly you've come to understand that that part of your life is never going to be a part of the family life. Um, so it, it, that was like a big aha <laughs> moment for me as a person and as a writer. And then when I was working on the memoir, and trying to bring life to these memories about growing up with my mom who raised me as a single parent and we were very close, but we had a lot of silences around 
gender, sexuality, and my queerness. It was like the one thing we couldn't talk about. As I was working on the book, Sarah Schulman's writings about, you know, homophobia suddenly came to mind. It kind of felt like a key to help me open up that door inside myself to figure out how to explain and color, you know, our relationships where we're not totally isolated or ostracized from family members, but there are all of these silences even as we embrace one another, you know? And and I think, you know, now in 2020, you know, another example of that may be the way in which people of different races and ethnicities are thinking about the silences around race and racism, even with the people they love very much, you know? And so I think that subtlety that she kind of helps expose was really important. And it was definitely something I kept in mind when writing the book. Did you reevaluate your own experiences? Like was the process of doing a memoir here, I'm going to tell everyone about how I think about my past, or did you find that like your memories were actually shifting as, as you began to write? I think it's probably 50, 50. Mm. <laughs> I, you know, I think I went into the process of writing the book and it was about a five or six year, you know, serious writing process where I basically, I knew which major kind of life turning points would kind of be, you know, the, the tent poles of the book. But yeah, I think even then when you know, maybe what happened, the question of why, and the how, yeah, it really shifts as you're writing. And for example, in this this theme, you know, I wrote a lot and very easily about the warmth of my relationship with my mom. But at one point, you know, I was getting feedback from my editor and he started noticing how often I would allude to silence in our relationship. Like it would just be a sentence here or there. And he just identified how there was almost always a reference to what we left unsaid. Um, and so we ended up having a conversation about that. And I was shook. <laughs> you know, my mom passed away in 2011. And, you know, I, I think of her with such deep love and, and you know, energy, you know, really. But I think, yeah, the process of writing about our relationship, um, it did. It helped me understand more deeply the things we struggled with. And I think, you know, to kind of go back to what Sarah Shulman so eloquently writes about in her book, I think often when we are examining trauma or coming of age experiences, we kind of have this binary where it's like, you know, either you survived or you didn't, <laughs> you know, where it's like, whoo, I, you know, whoo, I got off scot-free. My family didn't like send me into the streets, you know. But of course, though that doesn't happen to everyone, it happens to far many of us, that doesn't mean that we didn't struggle, that there weren't more subtle traumas that influenced us. And so, yeah, I think the truth is anyone, not to be arrogant, but I think honestly anyone like worth their salt <laughs> when writing a memoir, I think you have to be surprised and kind of almost like a student of your own history in the process of writing a memoir if you're doing your job. Because I just... I can't imagine being proud of my memoir if everything I wrote down was everything I already knew going into the process. Did you have any conversations like as you were putting it together with people who, who knew you where you were surprised at their perception of your own history? 
Um, not until after the book. Um, mm. I, I wanted to own the fact that as I was writing the memoir, that it was really, you know, a product of memory, because I think memory is an aspect of our identity and, you know, and it shifts, it changes. I think I always feel like we are our own unreliable narrators. So I, I didn't want to like interview people while I was writing the book because I wanted to focus on how I perceive things. But yeah, afterwards, you know, I sent it to some family members um, before we published the book and they read it. And yeah, I had um, a couple of family members particularly who were around me when I very much when I was a teenager who were heartbroken actually because they didn't they were like I was with you that entire summer and I had no idea you know how unhappy you were or you know I was with you you know all the time then and obviously you know many of them didn't know I was gay I was still in the closet you know until I was in college but also I think they were surprised at the depth of the sadness that I was um, keeping from them or, or unable to express to them. Um, so yeah, that was a, a revelation, I think, for both of us. <laughs> I'm interested in a book that you feel like changed who you are, not just the person you were forming, but you know, as an adult, what, what is a book that you kind of feel like you've carried with you and sort of still makes up a, a part of who you are today? Totally. Yeah. Um, I think the best indication of like a book or a piece of art that's changed your life is that like without even trying, you pull, you know, gems from it to kind of guide you through with whatever you're struggling with. And I realized, you know, as we've been thinking about the protests and the unrest and in response to police brutality and everything that's going on, I've been thinking so much about Audre Lorde. So I think for me, it's her sister, Outsider. It's a collection of um, her essays and speeches. And it just, I mean, this is the book that has uses of the erotic. It has the essay, Poetry is Not a Luxury, which like, you know, to an earlier part of our conversation, like right when I was like, is poetry, you know, a waste of time? Is poetry just like a silly hobby? Or is it something that can be as important as as everything else I do? You know, that's when I came across Audre Lorde's essay about it, where she's like, it's not a luxury. You know, it, it is it is a vital, or it can be a vital part of our politics. Um, she also in that book talks about, you know, the transformation of silence into action. And like I've mentioned again, you know, that was a really something I struggled with. And I think anyone who's, you know, been in the closet has struggled with, you live with so much self-censorship that to come across, you know, the ideas of a thinker like Audre Lorde, it, it really was a part of setting myself free. So what is your like reading life like right now? Um, tell me about 2020 reader, Saeed. <laughs> um, I find that, I, I don't know, I think in the last year, I found that I was like reading a lot about history and culture because I, I, I've, I've been really interested in, you know, as someone who just has spent, you know, the last few years focusing on like personal history, I've been interested in trying to connect my experiences to like the bigger, more collective 
timeline. So yeah, I've, I've been really drawn to books that kind of help me, you know, for example, I don't know, I, I read like Lawrence Wright's um, God Save Texas, you know, and, and that was just really exciting to read like a, you know, the cultural history of this place that raised me. Um, and I kept going, oh, that's why that happened, you know? <laughs> So I, I guess that's kind of like a good summation of my reading habits of late. I really want books that help me go, oh, that's what happened, where I can kind of connect a personal experience or just like something I've intuited but don't like know a lot about to, you know, the facts, to the historical record uh, as it may be. Saeed, thank you so much for taking the time for this interview. Of course. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for your questions. The Books That Changed Us is made in partnership with Longform and MailChimp Presents. The show is produced by Janelle Pfeiffer, art by Joelle Avellino, music by Aaron Lammer. Thank you to Saeed Jones for sharing the books that changed him. You can find the whole By the Books lineup at MailChimp.com slash presents.